Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, guys. We have a $100 AFCO gift card and four LK lures rigged with beast hooks to give away. All you have to do is fill out a short survey and enter your email address in the box below. The link is located on Instagram and at the podcast description. Giveaway ends July 11th. Oh, my birthday, bro. <clears throat> and thanks again for all the support. We really appreciate it. Check out LK Lures on Instagram. They make amazing weedless baits. And check out AFCO. Uh, big supporter, Matt Florentino. Really appreciate it, bro. Later. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have a, a treat for me, at, at least. Uh, we get a really, really good surf fishing dude, all around fishing guy, uh, Edgar Pagosian. Hey guys. From a uh, band of anglers, right? Yep. Band okay. of anglers. Patrick Sabil is a band of anglers. Yeah. Stoked to get him on. Uh, thanks for coming down here, dude. Stoked to be here, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into what my, how I got into fishing was surf fishing. And I've talked about it a million times before. Hear me saying the same fucking thing all the time, guys. <laughs> but, uh, this is what I, I started with. And my first true love of fishing was throwing hard baits, throwing crocodiles, you know, uh, in the surf, man. That's all I did for fucking six, seven years straight. And, uh, with my buddy, Roger Grunder, uh, he, he's another, uh, good buddy of mine that fishes really good surf fisherman. Uh, but, Let's talk about how you got into the whole thing of uh, surf fishing. You're from up north a little more. Yeah, I'm right? from the Los fish, Angeles area. So you fish a little no- north a little more? I fish all over. Fish all I, over? I'm, I'm the type of dude that won't hesitate <laughs> traveling three yeah. and a half hours for a single fish even sometimes. Uh, oh, I hear you. I like putting in time. I know the only way to catch good fish is putting in time. Yeah. Uh, I grew up fishing the surf with my dad. Uh, my dad was the one that brought me into fishing, first mm-hmm. of all. Uh, my first fish was a mackerel, just like pretty much all <laughs> SoCal kids, you know, uh, fishing Manhattan Beach Pier and all the other piers we have. And uh, we started getting more deeper into surf fishing, you know, catching spot fin on sand crabs and bigger corbina. And, you know, as a kid, you always want to venture off and find something new, something weird. And one day I yeah. took a big hammer out and... Started playing around with it, got into some halibut, and got me excited, you know. And, <laughs> and how old of, were you at this time? About eight, nine years old. Wow, that's a that's crazy. That's uh, young. 
That's and how old sparked. are you right now? I'm sorry. I'm 28 years 28. old right now. Okay, so you've been doing it hard for a minute. Yeah, I, uh, to, I've been fishing the surf really hard for the past eight, nine years. Okay. Uh, like, that's that's what I would really consider my big learning curve where I kind of developed as an angler, mm -hmm. learned all the little nooks and crannies. And uh, yeah, so I mean, once I found that halibut thing, you know, on the swim bait, I was like, Oof, Carbina, spot thing, dad. <laughs> nah, they don't do it for me no more. Uh, and then, uh, at like the age of 10, I had a major change in my life. My dad moved my whole family back home in Armenia. So it was like a woof. Like Whoa, a, you moved. So what What age was that? 10? 10, yeah. You moved back to Armenia? Yeah, I moved back to Armenia. How close was a, a lake or anything to you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <Okay. huh? laughs> the closest lake was 40 minutes away. Oh. The only predatory fish in the lake was asp. Well, I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> asp is a subspecies of striper. It's it's uh, currently uh, all, like on the brink of extinction. It's a really cool predatory fish. They don't grow very big, six, mm -hmm. seven pounds. Uh, I think world record is about nine. Uh, really, really cool fish. Uh, they feed topwater, you know, subsurface, all kinds of crazy stuff in rivers, lakes. Uh, but uh, what I found in Armenia that was kind of intriguing and was kind of similar to my surf fishing was fishing very tiny streams for brown trout with little spinners, little crappie jigs, mm -hmm. uh, little crocodiles, anything pretty much, you know, small jerk baits, crank baits. And uh, that's pretty much what kind of kept, kept me occupied and kept my fishing passion going, you know, in Armenia. And uh, I always thought back, you know, I wish I could be back in California, you know, <laughs> throwing my freaking lucky crap. Or, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Trout are cool. They're awesome fish, but they don't really appeal me as much as the big, strong, predatory, you know, calico bass, halibut, white sea bass. And uh, so uh, I couldn't take it over there, you know. I, I I would I would stay there for six months, come here for two months, go back, stay there for six months. So I, I was constantly back and forth, back and forth, to kind of keep my fishing addiction going. And uh, when I turned eighteen, and my dad actually told me that you have the opportunity to choose, yeah, what to do in your life. Right back, huh? <laughs> Straight back to my roots. And that's when my fishing addiction really started getting deep. Was that on your own? That was on my own. So uh, you came back here on your own? On your own, without my family. The only wow, that's amazing, dude. The only family that I had over here was my aunt and grandma, and they currently still are here. Uh, I, I lived with them for six years, mm -hmm. and uh, now I'm living on my own. Uh, I rented my own place, and uh, you know I work really, really hard. Yeah. I, I don't fish as much as I used to. I used to fish five days a week, <laughs> sometimes seven days a week. Uh, but now, you know, adult life... I got seven. I work seven days a week. My hours are really, really strange and weird. Uh, they can change from time to time. Wow! So you know, I I don't have the opportunity of hitting all the good tides, and so now when I fish, I fish very, very concentrated, mm -hmm. and uh, I try to pick the best times for me to fish, pretty much. Yeah. Wow, dude, what a crazy story! So you came back here, and you're kind of like, can't wait to get back to the surf. 19, 18, 19? Yep, 18, 19. So that was about 10 years ago. Yep. 
Did you take a little trip on the Fishing Network at that time? Of course I did. <laughs> of course I <laughs> yeah, did. My didn't? nickname on Fishing Network was Edgar Poe. There just you go. like my yeah. Instagram <laughs> network. Uh, I, 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 I fished with Arthur Wingnut. Yeah. Uh, I was really close friends with Mike Bones. Uh, I'm still f- close friends with all of them. Jerry G. You got to put me to uh, Wingnut, dude. You got to hook me up with them because that's one dude I want to go. Man, you, you kind of started like something... That was like before Instagram was like a big thing, Fishing Network, dude. I mean, you would see dudes on there posting really big fucking fish, especially surf fishing, dude. No one. And I always, we had Eric Fishhead, uh, Eric on here. Yep. But I remember Jay Kim and him painting in the beginning before anyone. He had the lures he's painting. Yep. So it's like amazing, yeah. But that's those cool. guys were the guys that pretty much opened the door for me. Right? At least I'm going to be totally everyone. honest. You I know, everyone, uh, yeah. I, I was I was totally shocked and astonished seeing them catching nice white sea bass, nice halibut, calico bass, inconsistently. You know yeah. what? Not like oh, one here, one there. You know, consistently. Stripers, dude. Stripers. Sp Dan. Yep. That's who I, I met a couple times. Dan's really cool. I've met Dan many times. Uh, I, the big, big striper he caught. Dude. That was a really nice fish off the beach, you yeah. know, for SoCal. Definitely. So, yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're the ones that opened the door for me, you know. Like, I, I, Mike taught me a lot. I, Mike, Mike and Jerry pretty much showed me everything I know in surf fishing. Really? Uh, they were the ones that always pushed me beyond and uh they we fish totally different er- territories that's the that's the thing see uh surf fishermen vary uh there's guys that like fishing sandy areas there's guys that don't like being in the water there's guys that just absolutely don't give a crap and will be in the shittiest territory just waves crashing over your head and like paul aqua assassin that's <laughs> that's my type of fishing too you know i, I yeah, love that rugged rocky crazy. nasty you know i cast where nobody casts yep. because that's where the big fish are gonna exactly. be pretty much and uh that's that's how much that's what developed my passion and you know when i used to see oh lucky craft 110 lucky craft 110 i was like okay it's cool. Lucky Craft 110. But is that going to be appealing enough to the fish that's that a, I'm that's looking That's another for? good question I have is that um, LC 110 for surf fishing is like a 90% to 85% go-to. It's to a me. staple. In, so, in, yeah, it made – I mean, before that was crocodiles, I think, right? Yep. Um, I'm – from what Rapala. I know. So, yeah, from what I know. Rapala, oh, shit. And then uh, – Sorry, guys. <laughs> and then, uh, but did you, when did you start, like, I still, it's like a go-to confidence bait, like, because I know I could work that thing and catch fish. When did you start going, okay, enough lucky craft. I need to move to a couple different lures. What were some of those lures? Maybe not what you're using now, but after you moved. Did you use SP minnows? Did you use, you know? I used SP minnows, but uh, SP minnows... So about like five, six years ago, to answer your question fully, I was like, okay, the 110 is cool. It's a good bait. I love the 110 for halibut. It's one of my favorite jerk baits for halibut fishing. I've caught my personal, many personal bests on the 110. And uh, it was just like, okay, 110, you know, 110 catches 110 sized fish. Let's see what we can do with a 170 or a 190 or a 220. Fuck. And uh, that's that's when I started looking over what what I could find from other brands and stuff. And SP Minnow was like, okay, cool, you know, 
couple tries here and there. Bent hook bay, bent split ring, destroyed lure. The to- totally the the hook bay torn out of the lure Fuck. from the torque of a calico digging down. And I was like, this don't cut it for me. I'm done. Yeah. I started looking in the JDM market and I found some. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to talk about them. They're just too good. I mean, the, when you see them in some of the pictures I post, if you're familiar with them, you'll know what they are. But yeah. I don't want to spill the beans because I was told from guys that didn't want to sp- no, spill the beans. No, I back 100%, dude. And uh, they cast uh, at least 70% better than a Lucky Craft or an SP Minnow. Uh, they swim fantastic just on any type of line. You know how Lucky Craft, sw- the 110, swims on like 12 to 15, maybe 20 pounds? Yeah. In maximum 25, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, not with the lure I'm talking about. I fish it on 60-pound fluorocarbon, and uh, it's... That's swims. the leader? Are you using a straight or a leader? Is that uh, your leader? I, I'm using leaders. Uh, maybe eight, eight to 10 feet of... 60-pound uh, fluoro, huh? If you see where I'm casting, you'll understand <laughs> why I'm using 60-pound fluoro. I mean, in the surf, like, I'm like, I, I use probably... Uh, to be truthful, I go 50 straight raid all the time. All, well, I was fishing... Sandy beaches a lot of the time. So okay. it's kind of like I didn't work. One, even when I went to the uh, the places that I caught my big fish, I would still go straight braid because I feel like floral, if you got to change that leader like a couple times to me when you're fishing. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it'll be fucked. Oh, a couple scratches and frays. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I just want to fucking catch a fish. So I just keep casting. But interesting using that heavy. I mean, but you're catching some big fish. What's your PB off a calico? Uh, my PB calico was caught shark fishing. Uh, mm. I was fishing a big mackerel head nighttime for seven gill sharks, and uh, I got a big grab and set the hook. I thought it was a grouper or like a black sea bass <laughs> or something, and I took it to the beach, and I was yelling right away, you know, black sea bass, black sea bass, black sea bass, and I grab it from the lip, and I lift it, and I see the checker marks on it, and I just totally went pale. Fuck. I was with my buddy, and we, we were standing together, and uh, she's like, dude... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even have a tape on me. I cut a piece of monofilament exactly the length of the fish, 150-pound mono. That's what I had on me. Yeah. So I, I cut the length of the fish, and I measured it at home, and that fish was 27 inches. That's uh, like a, at least an 8- or 9-pound fish, right? It, I mean, I'm not sure. From what I've heard, no, bigger than that. What uh, is it? Way bigger. I, I measure. What okay. is, what's, what's, give us the comparison. My biggest on lure mm-hmm. from the beach was 24.5 inches. And that fish weighed just a little bit over nine, nine one. Okay. Uh, that fish was twenty seven inches, and okay, had, it's that's got to be like eleven or twelve. Uh, I have no idea. You know, I I don't like guessing. If I if I don't weigh my fish, I will not tell tell you a weight. You know, in hey, my, quoting Ben Seacrest, <laughs> I know that fish was big size large, Fuck, one dude. that you don't catch too often. You know, the guys that have caught really big calicos and measured them. Uh, they know I've caught many calicos from like 24 to 26 inches, you know, and I kind of have an idea of what a big calico looks yeah. like and feels like, you know, but that fish was just abnormal. Uh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't just an ordinary double digit fish. That fish was, in my opinion, if I had to guess that fish was 13, somewhere around there, 12, Fuck. 13. You don't carry a scale with you? Uh, at that time, no. At that no. time, because <laughs> you weren't no. aiming for that, right? Yeah, I wasn't aiming for that. I was fishing seven gill, and damn, I'm not gonna weigh up hundred inch <laughs> seven gill. You know, it's it's just uh, when I get those things to the beach, all I want to do is take the hook out fast and see them swim off. Just yeah. snap one picture, you know. And, yeah. 
Sorry for jumping around, guys. This is like my <laughs> fucking shit. The questions I got for dudes that are really good surf fishermen, so I'm fucking all over the place. But we'll get back to lure choice. So you're using 60-pound leader. Yep. You found a couple different lures that you really liked. Um, so let's start from there. So you kind of skip the LC. You're kind of working with new lures yep. that are like heavier, bigger. Uh, do you're using a different rod and reel? Uh, depends on what lure. Uh, okay. I have, if uh, I have a couple of rods for uh, matching my uh, scenario, I'm fishing. Uh, like my regular surf rod works phenomenal with lures up to one and a quarter, one and a half ounce. Mm-hmm. I feel very, very nice casting and working my lure with that. But when I go to the bigger jerk baits, I fish one model heavier. I fish a uh, extra heavy, uh, which is rated uh, fifteen to forty pound. It's actually a trolling rod. But uh, it's a salmon trolling rod. So. Is this uh, spinning? Oh, spinning? Uh, casting. Cast. Casting. Casting. Uh, okay. Very, uh, very parabolic rod, but has a ton of backbone. You can land very big fish on it. Do you mind saying what rod you're using? Cousin's Tackle. Uh, it's discontinued. It's a tributary series. Uh, it's uh, the model. I don't remember the model number, actually. Okay. Um, and what about real? Uh, real, uh, I just, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I used to fish Daiwa like the Daiwas for a long time, all kinds of, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, for the past four years I was fishing Lexus like religiously cause they're easy to service for me, you know, tear down. They're not the best reel in the world, but they hold up and you know, they're okay. Mm-hmm. But I got tired. Uh, you know, I had, I, I was going, going through my collection of reels and I had 12, 300 size Lexus and I was like. <laughs> do i need this <laughs> you need to change something because that means that they're breaking on you if you have 12 you know so i was like okay you know uh, my buddy he really likes the shimano and tranks and he he was really hyping the tranks up and you know it's a good reel it's a good reel try it try it try it and i ended up buying a few and uh i'm starting to like it this it, is great to hear because i've heard from people that in the surf the tranks doesn't hold up Maybe the 200, I've heard a couple of different stories. I want to get one, but man, they're heavy on the pocket. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> a little pricey. You know, so I mean, but I've, I used, uh, I went out with Benny Florentino. I was lucky and I used his and they're awesome. And the, I'll give another thing, the, the Corrado DC. Yeah. Oh my, I cast all the fucking line off of it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He gave me a jerk bait and we're throwing in the cup and I'm like, fuck, dude, I cast all the fucking braid off this. I couldn't believe it. That's but crazy. yeah, yeah, no, I'm a back. I love look at right here. Uh, what a uh, Trevor Weeks dude hooked it up. Mike Lane gave oh, me the, a yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna try to yeah, and I'm trying to trying to catch a. Uh, hopefully this uh, winter will be like a striper or something. I haven't caught a swim bait striper, but but yeah, it's interesting to hear people's point of views on gear. I love hearing that. I love striper fishing too. Yeah, that's so, another thing I got infected with. Oh yeah, I've seen your post lately. Yeah, awesome. But so you, you're changing up your gear a little right now, uh, but you're using Cousins rods for now because you probably have them. Yeah. Uh, you're not a complainer like me where you sold them all and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you got your, your tackle heavier. You're fishing hard as shit still after that with bigger lures. Yep. Uh, did that kind of lead to where you're at right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I found, you know, when you fish bigger baits and fish scenarios that not too many people fish putting your lure in crevices that no one will risk putting a 40 dollar lure in uh you start developing patterns for bigger fish uh surf fishing when people think about surf fishing they usually think corbina perch you know you know but there's another realm in that 
there's the bigger game. There's the big white sea bass. I can't tell you how many big white sea bass I've hooked and lost in the past from the beach. When I say big, I mean jumbo, like 50-pound class. <laughs> uh, they're around. You yeah. just got to know what tide and what specific area to be there at. You know, it, tide for surf fishing, in my opinion, is not what dictates if the fish are going to bite or not. Mm-hmm. Tide dictates if the fish are going to be in a specific location or not. Uh, that's how I choose where I'm going to fish with the tide. I don't choose if I'm going to fish with the tide. Does it make you feel like you have to cast farther depending on the tide or not really? Not at all. Really? Uh, not at all. Some, some beaches fish very, very good on very, very low tides. Uh, just, it really depends on the structure of the beach. If it has an inner bowl, if it has an inner trough, trench, uh, you know, the biggest halibut I caught in my life was like in inches of water, like totally unexpected, uh, 34 inches. It means a decent one, you know. I've, I've lost really many bigger ones. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, big fish in the surf will be in very shallow water. People really think, oh, no, it's not deep enough here. It's two feet. You know, I caught my personal best white sea bass in about three feet of water. Fuck, dude. Which was 38 inches. That's 22 huge. pounds. That's not a bad fish, you know. For keep, the, did you keep that? Uh, I was forced to keep that because... Oh, uh, you couldn't revive it? No way. That fish, I pulled, I, I was fishing single hooks on a hard bait. Uh, so three oh. single hooks. One was in the mouth, one was in the artery, right under the gill, and the other one was like right under the fin. So I removed the one under the fin, he was okay. I removed the one in the artery, psh, like blood flowing everywhere. Oh. So I put him in the water right away. I tried to revive him, but he he, he didn't do too well. So I, I, I'd much rather take it home for my family than feed a seal, you know? <laughs> I'm. Just, I really like. I. I really, really encourage catch and release because I've seen the benefits of it in my rivers and streams back home, uh, even in the surf. Do uh, a lot of people uh, back home? Did they they catch and release a lot of time or not really? Uh, for brown trout, it's starting to get popular because uh, they're noticing that uh, they're losing the gene of our endemic fish. You know, uh, yeah, they taste amazing, but just for taste, you don't. Ex- yeah. You don't destroy a whole population of an animal you know it's it's just not right i agreed agreed dude i i don't i've kept one one halibut from the surf my first my first fucking legal i worked so hard for that fucking legal so i kept it dude and i think it was on father's day <coughs> damn and it was, was like a good day to and keep it, it was at. like my wife usually is ready for me to come home like that 11 and be like, oh, I caught a couple short ones. <laughs> I come home at 7 o'clock in the morning, fucking banging on the door, wake the whole house up. I fucking got it. I fucking got it. I'm screaming, you know? And she's like, what? And I bring home a fucking keeper, and I was so stoked, dude. Oh, I yeah. fished for maybe 10 minutes and then went home. My first keeper was horribly <laughs> devastating. If I tell you the story, you're going to laugh. Well, we got to hear it now, dude. Okay, so my first keeper was 27 inches, okay? Nice. But... I was fishing Lucky Craft, just doing my regular retrieve, slow retrieve, and I was done with my retrieve. I take my lure out of the water, and right when I take it out of the water, like at my rod tip, a 27-incher jumps and grabs it. Me being in shock, I set the hook, and that fish is like five feet off the off the, out of the water already. I'm just looking at the fish like on the sand, and I'm looking at the water. I'm like, did this really just happen? Yeah. I go and grab it and measure it, 27 inches. I didn't get one head shake out of that fish. What's shitty, right? For all the time you put in, it's so shitty. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was like, like, <laughs> it's not what you thought. Is this really the way I'm going to catch my first halibut, you know? <laughs> 
No, yeah. I, I, it's it's fun. And I was there for my buddy Rogers. He caught his. It popped off in the water. I fucking soccer kicked that bitch onto the beach so hard. <laughs> I was like, we're not losing this. Like, and, and people know when you surf fish, you put in so much fucking time. Oh, dude. yeah, man. And it's like to get that legal for us was like, this is no Instagram. This is fishing network, but no one's giving info. So you're working your fucking ass off oh, yeah. to get this fish. So it was like a trophy, you know, like where you're like, fuck, I, I can't believe we did. Oh, I know like, the feeling. I and I, I know I it was surf fishing dudes kind of. I would say, from what I've met, from people I've met, it's kind of a little different. Oh, yeah. Maybe in, in the older days, too, when it wasn't as much Instagram where, you know. Yeah. But it, it's it's a little different. But, yeah, dude, it's cool hearing from you kind of like how you came up and you've had all these PBs. So you're doing really good in surf fishing. How did you hook you. up with the Band of Anglers? So uh, about four years ago, uh, on the Fishing Network, <laughs> uh one guy does a post from Spain named Robert Martinez with some incredible pictures with like a very, very expensive DSLR. And everybody jumps on the post and discredits it right away. Everyone on Fishing Network. I go, oh, those pictures are Photoshop. You didn't catch a 40-pound Kubera from the beach. You didn't catch that tuna from your float tube. And I just jumped in and I was like, just Give the dude some slack. You know, yeah. he, he didn't say any weight of any fish. He didn't brag. He just he just did a post with, like, many cool pictures. Like, hey, guys, I'm from Spain. You know, I just moved to California for school. I'm going to go to UCLA. You know? I want to say I saw this fucking post. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm not he, kidding. He's like, you know, I just want to fish. I, I don't know where to fish. You know, is there anybody that can take me out fishing? And when I started, when I noticed everyone was giving the guy shit, I was like, man, I was like, Robert. I got you, dude. It's mm-hmm. like, don't, don't trip. We're going to fish all year together. I'm going to come pick you up and we're going to go fishing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay. I go pick him up the first time and super cool dude. So we bonded instantly, you know, and it was like, like my brother pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's what we turned. We turned into brothers, literally uh, fishing every day, almost before school, after school. I put him on some calico bass from the beach, some halibut, you know, and we really like developed a really good bond and, uh, about uh he he finished school and uh, moved back to spain and uh calls me like one day that's like two years after we met and he's like hey how are you bro i'm like good he's like would you like to come to florida like, what do you mean would you like to come to florida <laughs> yeah i'd love to come to florida you know and he's like yeah you know let's go you'll meet patrick and we'll fish and you know i was like okay yeah i'm coming you know wow so, He's like, don't worry about anywhere to stay. Don't, you know, we got you. Everything's cool. You know, we're going to cover everything. So I ended up just buying my plane ticket and flying to Florida. And next thing you know, and I'm in Patrick Sabil's house in Fort Pierce. Wild, huh? On the water <laughs> in front of Indian River. There's Jack's boiling in front of me. <laughs> it's like, Robert, thank you, bro. You know, yeah, I yeah. want, I really want to, I want to say thank you to him right now too. Does he, is he part of the, of the, uh, yeah, he's a part of the okay. band of anglers. Right. Uh, but Robert was one of the first guys that ever started fishing Patrick Sabil's products, even okay. during Sabil lures back in the day. Uh, like now pure fishing owns Sabil lures. So Sabil, I remember Sabil lures from watching shows like eight, nine years ago and he would be on the fishing shows 
making wild. He made some wild lures, dude. Oh, like yeah. You're showing me now. Totally out of out of yeah, ordinary exactly. shape. The performance is very, very high compared to any competitor's lures. They're really strange. They t- they make you think. They make you move it differently. And the first time I got introduced to his lures, I fell in love because I love freestyle lures. I love something that I can do something out of the ordinary with, you know? I don't like a bait that I'm just going to retrieve and it's going to do the same kick the whole time. And yeah. Dunk, okay, yeah. I, can, I, can, I know I can catch a fish like that. But can I catch a fish on a freestyle bait, like a stick bait, just move it four times to the left, bring it one time to the right, and boom? That's what kind of develops your skills as an yeah. angler. Yeah. And uh, I fell in love with this stuff and I met Patrick and Patrick's one of the coolest most generous guys i've ever met in my life nice. he has a very very deep passion for fishing he's not just corporate like make lures make money he doesn't he i don't think he even cares about that <laughs> <laughs> no dude yeah it's fucking uh, so cool man so yeah and then uh you know we fished the, the first year for me fishing florida was really hard it's totally different fishing so you stayed there for a little bit i stayed about 14 days Okay. Uh, two weeks and uh, we fished really really hard for uh, tarpon redfish and snook and uh, the only fish that i was able to cross off my list my first trip was the snook i got like a, a couple big snooks on my last day before that i only got like small you know five six seven eight pound snooks and uh totally different scenarios there's no <laughs> yeah, let's in california hear, so like let's that. hear about the differences since you're a california guy uh, you get a lot of Florida. I've heard of Florida guys coming here and going, okay, it's a little different. But you're a California guy going with casting gear. Casting gear. Not gears. spinning. So why why is the big separation? Why do people use the casting to get out farther? Uh, over there, why do they fish spinning gear? Yes. And, okay, so uh, fishing, I'm just going to say one area, Sebastian Inlet. If anybody knows Sebastian Inlet, they know that on a good moving tide, there's four to nine knots of current going through that inlet mm-hmm. uh when you when you're fishing for fish up to 200 pounds uh casting gear is a joke from land <laughs> it's 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 a joke yeah uh on a the biggest bait caster you can imagine you'll get spooled in 10 seconds by a hundred pound glass tarpon wow uh so uh spinning gear is it's much more convenient to fish too because mm-hmm. uh, you've got to fish a much bigger rod. You're casting much bigger lures and uh, swimming them is is much easier with the spinning reel as well. So that, and it was a big change for me when I started fishing spinning reels over there. I was like, oh, wind knots, <laughs> you know, all kinds of problems. Yeah. But you get into the groove after a while. And uh, so when I the first time I'm there looking at nine knots of brown water moving out into the open oh. ocean. And the bait fish are the size of the fish I regularly catch in the surf. Okay? They're like two, three-pound mullet. And then a two, three-pound calico, when you catch it off the beach, you're happy. It's a decent fish. (laughs) It's not an amazing fish, but it's a decent fish. But the bait's two, three pounds over there. So I was like, okay. (laughs) This is a different game. (laughs) This is a totally different game, you know? Totally different game. Fishing eight-inch baits, you know, giant baits and bouncing bottom. And very hard-fighting fish, too. Our fish do not compare to... uh, to their fish honestly uh redfish uh, just to give you an example yeah. is like an oversized yellowfin croaker can you imagine a 50 pound yellowfin Dude, croaker they fight oh yeah they dig down oh my god the whole fight is just womp, 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 just head shake yeah head shake head shake uh so uh, that that opened a totally different door, door for me I, I really grew as an angler in over there you know uh, i start 
I, I never fished poppers and pencils for big fish jumping for, you know, in California, we don't have that. Yeah. Uh, the best, the closest you can get inland is like striper fishing, you know, with the pencil popper or... So uh, it was like a eye-opening experience for me. Uh, I'll never forget. One, I'll just tell this story. This is this is one of the craziest things that happened to me in my life in fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. I was fishing the SLD popper. It's one of our new lures from Oceanborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this lure right here. Cool. Long cast on a seven thousand five hundred size it's spinning reel. Fucking huge. Uh, I had about <laughs> six hundred yards of sixty-five pound braid, just to give you an idea. Five hundred fifty okay. yards. So uh, I was done with my retrieve. I didn't get a bite. I was tired. I'm just reeling in fast. And about 10 feet in front of my feet, a tarpon, the the head was half the size of my body. Uh, Just jumps and grabs my popper and almost pulls me off the rocks, off the jetty into the inlet. And I just barely hold on. And that thing is screaming line, okay? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I didn't even have a chance to fight that fish. I looked up and down like three times. My reel, my rod, my reel, my rod, and I was spooled. Shit, dude. Nine knots of current. That's the reason why they fight so hard over there. You know, yeah. a 10-pound fish fights like a 50-pound fish in that current. Fuck. So uh, that was just, that was like, that's the most humbling experience I've ever had Change in fishing. Change your life in fishing. Huh? Oh, yeah. It was like, like, oh, my God. What am I, you know, like, <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah, I can't even, I can't, you can't describe a scenario like that in words. You got to really, when you're standing on slippery rock with your reel set at 15 pounds of drag and you get a bite from a 200-pound fish, it's really hard to keep footing. <laughs> it's really, really hard. I'm sure, man. That rod is probably bent in half too, right? <laughs> rod bent in half, your back's bent in half. Dude. It's like. It's it's pretty damn crazy. Well, yeah. Did you catch a tarpon when you were over there? I did not land any. Uh, the closest I got was on about 80-pound class fish off the rocks in that current. And uh, I brought it in uh, really close. And it jumped a couple times and uh, started digging down. And where I was fishing, there's a really sharp ledge. And uh, it rubbed my mono on the ledge and snapped me off. Yeah. Wow. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I hooked a 22 on the dart spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, very big fish. See, that was another thing that we were out of luck on. We didn't want those. We wanted the ones that were like 60 to 120 pounds. <laughs> and the, you're like, I'll take the 10s and the 15. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, I'm from California, dude. I'll take that shit all fucking day. <laughs> you're fishing for 150s. No, that's not going to happen, you know? <laughs> it was hard, yeah. So uh, anyway, after Florida, after that experience, when I got the dart spin, uh, just seeing the dynamics of the way of this lure, the way it swims, I, I instantly in my head, it was like halibut. 
halibut. Have you caught a lot of halibut on dark spot? Oh, I had two days, consecutive days. I got limits of legal halibut off Fuck the beach with the dart spin. That was that was the best two days of halibut fishing I've ever had in my life. It was incredible. Until you told people about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 16 halibut the first day, five legals. I If I fished longer, I would have gotten more. They were still biting and jumping, and it was wow. just pretty much wide open. Uh, on second day, it was a little slower. I got about 11 fish and another five legals. Uh, wow. Dart spin is phenomenal for halibut. The flash and vibration, they love flash. They love vibration. And the good thing about the dartsman is you can swim it super And that's slow. on a weedless head too, right? Like uh, a weedless uh, hook. For halibut from the surf, I fish it on a jig head. Okay. Three-eighth ounce, half ounce, sometimes three-quarter if I need to. Do like, you guys have a jig head you make for it or just use any old uh, We have some prototypes that are in okay. the making, but no, they're not for sale yet. Yeah. Uh, you can just pair it with any jig heads like, uh, I don't know, VMC boxer heads okay. or, you know, a 4-0 hook. Something mm-hmm. with like a 4-0 hook, 5-0 maybe even. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. So you came back with all this, the the, the dart spin and kind of was like, I'm closed. This yep. is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was when? How uh, long ago? About four months ago. Really? Yeah. So you've been doing this. You went on the trip when? I went on the trip November, end of November. Okay. My last trip was so end of November. So then you're pretty new to the. So how long has the Band of Anglers been around? A Band of Anglers has been around for about two years. It's okay. been a concept like a... a like a idea of Patrick's uh, kind of in the making and mm-hmm. uh, it slowly grew and developed and bigger and bigger. And uh, now it's, we got a bunch of lures and we got a lot more coming. And is there, is there different representatives from each kind of like area? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, like you're from kind of California areas coast. Yeah. Is there a dude from up north more? Or is there anyone or just you kind uh, of, how many, how many dudes are there? Just, I guess in California, question. we're two guys right now. It's uh, me and Alex. Uh, um, we have Jim Sammons as well. Alex is uh, Alex Cradle from Realistic okay, Raps. Great. Another uh, great surf fisherman. Yeah. My great buddy. idea, dude. Yeah. I, I, I remember buying his raps. I told you that earlier, like yep. years ago before any of this, man. I used to, I mean, I still, if I fish my lucky crabs, the only ones I fish are the ones that are wrapped. And, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've loved his wraps for a long, I've been fishing them for a long time yeah, now, like yeah, five, six good. years. So both of you guys are doing the band of English. Yep. All right, cool, man. So when I got back and I I was, I had to share with him, I was like, <laughs> dude, you have to try this bait. And first day I took him out, he got a halibut on it. And he was like, okay, yeah, you're onto something, man. He's like, I see a market here for it. And, dude, right? So are you kind of like a the uh, rep? Are you rep it over here too or no? Uh, no, I'm just pro team. You know, pro <laughs> staff. I field test his products. Uh, we got small ones coming in right now. I got it. No they're in the mail right now. What size? The prototype, uh, four and a half inch, three oh, and a half oh, inch, man. and uh, eventually we'll have a two and a half inch for the spotties, which is gonna be <laughs> too much. Just like every, ca- I'm on, I'm off. I'm on, I'm. On. It's like too much. Uh, Dude. We're we're testing these in San Diego Harbor, the dart spins, uh, San Diego oh. Bay. I'm sorry uh, for spotties and halibut, and it was just Killing it. oh my god, just too much, <laughs> too much. Have you caught uh, decent sized spotties from the surf? Uh, I've never caught a spotty from the surf. I've never caught a. Spotty I've heard from a couple people doing it, which is kind of cool. But I think it's by the inlets. Yeah, close to the probably mouths. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's a cool. Let's... Have you ever gotten one? Uh, no, no, you haven't gotten one either. No, how about salmon? Uh, no, I've never gotten a salmon. I've heard a couple people catching salmon too, but I mean, hearsay, I don't know. Wingnut got, Wingnut got Has a couple, he? yeah, okay. in Santa Barbara, I think. Oh, wow, dude. He's had some wild catches. Dude. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Stripers, salmon, uh, 
this i mean i i lost a striper about two years ago in the surf uh, how big do you think it was pretty sizable one uh really? it took me it took me across some rocks and uh, snapped me off i and it was, I was already fighting it for about a couple minutes. And yeah. It was a decent fish. I'd say 15-pound class, you know. No not way. Bad. Yeah. Damn. Let's talk about your personal best from the surf. Give us a breakdown on, I guess, all your fish, dude. Okay. Uh, Mike, oh, keep your mic a little closer. Uh, my personal best halibut is 34 inches. Uh-huh. Uh, it was 17 and a half pounds. Wow. Uh, which is a decent halibut for the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost quite a few bigger ones. Mm-hmm. freaking halibut are really hard to keep on the hook as you know oh, especially the big ones you yeah. know and especially with the stock junk treble hooks and even a lot of junk treble hooks from very well-known manufacturers <laughs> that i don't want to no mention you know yeah <laughs> like junk total junk like perch send them you know uh so that's what gets you to venture out to other markets and find other hooks but i don't want to talk about that because that's long long <laughs> long-winded huh yeah so uh uh, my personal best calico is 24 inches on a lure on artificial from the beach. Uh, it was about nine pounds, a little over nine, hair over nine, nine one, I'd say somewhere Damn, around there. Nice. Uh, my personal best white sea bass from the beach is 38 inches. Uh, it was very close to 22 pounds, 21 and three quarter, somewhere nice. around there. Uh, and that was after the fish was bled out and, uh, uh, that's those are the interesting you know the more elusive <laughs> any good game bycatches fish. like a sheephead or like a uh my my bycatches i'm i'm like cursed with leopard sharks bro really it's like my bycatch is always almost either a leopard shark or a corbina <laughs> very rarely i get like a zebra perch as a really? bycatch yeah that's nice uh i love leopards i don't mm. know maybe it's that maybe that's why i get the bycatch as a leopard most of the time because i have a really deep appreciation for sharks and the leopard shark is the most beautiful shark for me Definitely. on the planet and so they crazy eat, they feel so crazy too their skins like sandpaper yeah and the whole pattern and just the way they fight when you hook them on 20 pound class line uh, on like a lucky craft or something it's just it goes berserk you know yeah. surface thrashing peeling line it's challenging and uh sharks have sandy skin so you gotta you gotta kind of know how to fight it so it doesn't tangle up in your line because if it if it if its tail hits your line while it's running it's gonna fray you off yep. with its sandpaper it's like if it touches its mouth you know so uh my my biggest leopard shark i caught was about 71 inches uh Damn. That's nice on a lucky craft. On a lucky craft, one ten, wow. uh, and uh, I could barely lift it with two hounds. I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you the weight. Uh, maybe fifty pounds. I'm guessing somewhere around there. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys like shark fishing, but there there was a time that I was really addicted to shark fishing off the beach. No, I did it for probably like a, I want to say about two years a year. The only time I caught one was a leopard, and I want to say it was probably about five feet. Still Didn't a nice one. know what the fuck I was doing. So I'm, at, I'm <laughs> camping with my family and friends. We're at Point Magoo, the, the fucking uh, naval base. Yep. So no one's on there. So it's like evening. I have my, my middle son with me. He's probably like three or four. Trying to catch perch. And I had my buddy sitting there looking at a fucking um, a sea line reel, like a 30. Yeah. And I bought a big beef stick, like a 10-foot beef stick. And I'm like, all right. So my buddy's like, hey, the reel's making noises. So I walk over there and it's going, it was a half of a perch head fucking. And then I set the hook. I bring that fucker up and I'm like, oh shit, that's big. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, I seen videos of dickheads fucking tailing them and getting bit. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to get fucked up. <laughs> but it was crazy because once I caught that, there was like 
25 people on the beach. It was crazy. But yeah, I, I like shark fishing. Like I, I want to do more of it. And I think it's fun to shark fish with kids because you could have let them play while the bait soaking. Of course. You know, and then, oh, we got hit. The kid sees a shark. That fucking changes his whole fucking, you know, yep. the mind on everything I'm fishing. It's like, oh, man. That was like part of the reason we were doing it a lot of, uh, yeah. like a few years ago. You know, I, we had we both, all our friends. We had like a lot of free time. So it was a good place to go and hang out on the beach, you know, take a little brewski or yeah, some liquor. exactly, and, dude. Hang out, have fun, and then catch a big-ass fish. Yeah, throw out a big bonita head or yellowtail head or mackerel head, whatever what you What was your uh, your personal best on shark fishing? Uh, seven gill, uh, my biggest seven-gill seven shark was like, we didn't get a measurement on it, but uh, again, I put a piece of my tail 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 rope yeah. uh, at the perfect length, and I made a knot, and I measured it. It was about 105 inches. Um, it was really 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 hard to drag that fish out of the water and back in the water that was uh, if i had to estimate it was probably 200 pounds 250 pounds nice really big i've caught some big soup fin too but soup fin don't grow that big you know it's like four feet or something uh no they grow they grow up up to like seven feet no way yeah i didn't know that the ones you're talking about the four footers they're the smooth hounds oh there you go smooth hounds. yeah that's what i was uh we also have another one that's called a spiny dogfish Mm -hmm. it has like a little spike on the those are cool looking fin. yeah they're cool yeah they're cool uh they're, they're just small you know not game when you have like a fathom 40 with 80 pound braid and Yes, yeah, seven gills are really, really fun. That's like a fishery that hasn't been discovered in California. Really, you don't see too many people fishing for seven gill sharks and soupfin sharks off the beach. It's uh, it's it's quite a special experience, you know. Those fish they fight really damn hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head shakes that a seven gill <laughs> does. I'm sure the big just, runs, right? Yeah, uh, the runs aren't that significant. You just yanking, yanking. Yeah, it's. Yeah. The headshakes are incredible. It's a very elastic shark, so it can it can turn 180 degrees and bite its own tail. Oh, so shit. when it's head shaking, uh, the thumps are just unreal. It's like you can't even hold on to the rod. It's, <laughs> what it's, size rod were you using? Uh, 12 foot surf rod. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, ra- uh, it's rated. Uh, I think two to ten ounces or three to ten ounces. I don't remember. Uh, what um, rig were you using? Because I, I I researched forever. Uh, my favorite rig. rig for shark fishing in our waters is a modified fish finder rig. That's uh, what I used, yeah. I use about maybe 18 inches of 250-pound uh, stainless steel cable uh, to a very, very heavy shark leader. You need, you need your shark leader at least the length of your fish that you're targeting, uh, and it needs to be minimum in my – people say 80-pound. You know you can go with 80-pound. 80-pound is nothing for shark fishing. They have very abrasive skin. They will fray you off like nothing. I fish minimum 150 pound. Minimum. So you're crimping your connections? Uh, no, I still tie a San Diego jam knot. Really? Yeah, I crimp my steel. I crimp every component yeah. I yeah, do with yeah. my steel. But my mono, I tie knots. I like knots with my mono. I don't feel safe with a crimp on mono. Maybe because I don't have experience with it. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, I've tied knots my whole life. What's your knot when you're throwing a jerkbait? Uh, SD jam. SD jam is the knot that really? I use for every type of fishing I do. Wow. I'm a polymer guy. That's all I use. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just quick with it. And I had to learn how to tie it at night when we'd go to uh, fishing on the fucking lakes that were, you can't fish on <laughs> our little ponds, you know, like yeah. uh, I had to fucking memorize it, you know? I'm like, <clears throat> <clears throat> so here's another question. I'm sure you get a lot of this with surf fishing because, uh, 
it's a little more private than anything else. Uh, same as offshore, but I think a little more than that because you're from land. Uh, how has Instagram played in this whole thing for you? I'm sure you had a lot of DMs going, where are you fish, bro? I mean, you can't just give up anything, but let, let's hear your perspective on it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I like looking at it from a positive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram has benefited us in one thing. Uh, it's creating awareness. Uh, nowadays, I don't see too many people keeping calico bass. I don't see too many people keeping spotties. So in my opinion, Instagram has kind of helped regarding creating awareness for people to practice catch and release but one thing that instagram has ruined for especially land-based anglers you know surf anglers is uh we both know those spots are few that we don't on our coast we don't have 2,000 spots that can produce very nice calicos and mm-hmm. very nice it's very limited so when you have a mass of people that are trying to take away all the time and effort you have put in, let's say five years, six years of time to kind of figure out one area where your prized game fish is going to be at, it kind of makes you sad. Uh, It's, in my opinion, surf fish, the main thing about surf fishing is creating that prehistoric feeling in, in a human being, giving you that spark in your head that you have to think where to cast. You have to you don't have a sonar. You don't have a GPS. You don't know what's in front of you. But you develop a hunter's eye. You you start noticing structure on the bottom, just looking on the surface. You're like, oh, wow, that's a deep hole. No, oh, holes that's a, all day long, dude. That's what you're looking for. That's a nice ledge. That's a nice yeah. boiler rock. That's nice grass, you know? And you start putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, and that's when you start catching good fish from the land, you know? And uh, it just... It, it's sad to see... A guy that just picked up a rod from a tackle shop with a reel and heard about a few lures, swim baits, a couple lucky crafts, you know, and he, he just picks his rod up and wants to follow the guy that has been fishing his whole life. Do you get people following you around? Uh, I've had it happen before. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, now I don't fish as much, so <laughs> it's really hard to track me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, back in the day, it was a problem. It was a really big problem, especially when you would post on multiple social media networks and uh, right away, it would just, boom, catch on like fire. You know, (laughs) this guy's on a good halibut bite. Where is he? Everybody wants to go find your own halibut bite. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, It's not go find your own halibut bite as in being a dick, as in go find your own halibut bite. It's like, no, no, no. Put in the time, learn, pass that learning curve. And then do you'll find your fish. You'll know where those fish are at. But don't try to come and take something from me that I've spent so much time on. You put a part of your life in it. No, 100%. It's dude, not it's, that easy. Yeah. Especially when you're fishing very rugged terrain, like super. Fucking. You put your line on, you put your life on the line. Uh, it's very, very scary. Some of the spots that if those people are asking me, you know, where did you catch that calico at? And I take them there, they won't even make a cast. They'll just look at the water and be like, <laughs> i'm out i'm sorry you know do you have any like rookie mistakes like fall like danny from harbor creepers yeah fell in the water uh my buddy roger almost drowned oh i uh, surf fishing like he was on waders uh fell in the water uh couldn't get out and the guy was trying to get him out of the water this was oh, wow. this was before mlpa this was down off the rocks like uh, crescent bay 
Do you have anything like that you ever had happen to you? My my funniest story in the surf, which was uh, it was life threatening, but it was funny to me at least when I got out alive. You know, it was uh, I was fishing Manhattan Beach, and uh, I was I wasn't paying attention. I was kind of dozed off. You know, in my you know you go into thoughts in your mind sometimes, and you're just like doing your routine mechanically. You're not even thinking about your retrieve or anything. And I was I. I lost track of where I was and I put one step ahead of where I should have stepped. And uh, I fell into a hole that was probably 10 feet deep oh, fuck, with my dude. waders on. And uh, I just went bloop, straight down to the bottom. And I was fishing with one of my buddies, luckily, uh, Mike. And he saw me. He's like, the hell is that antenna sticking out of the water? He didn't even know it was me That's at first. That's a big fucking hole, 10 feet. It was huge. It was huge. I couldn't, wow. my head wasn't even close to the surface. You're just watching halibut swim over your head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking up like, I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was starting yeah. I was starting to panic. And when you start panicking, you lose your breath and you start choking. And, you know, that's when it gets scary. Yeah. But from my luck, a big rogue swell came right right at the time where I was almost going to give up pretty much. And that Fuck. big rogue swell smashed me onto the sand in front of me. And <laughs> I kind of, I dug in with my, my both hands and I kind of held myself as it washed back. And I was like, I'm alive. You know, <laughs> we can tell you fish hardcore shit it's, by the time the way you're talking. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's big waves, big, you know, I, I like fishing rough conditions. I mean, I won't fish. I won't fish when it's stupid to fish. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I see an opportunity, uh, I mean, calico bass, they love swell. They love rough water. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, uh, most of the bigger calico bass I've caught have been in very, very turbulent, nasty conditions, bad to, days when you go to the beach and you're like, today, I'm going to skunk. Just in, like you, you say low key to your buddy, you're right? Like, Dude, I'm gonna skunk today, man. And then next thing you know, it you're on a big one. It's like, yeah. oh wow, okay. Dude, that, yeah, I love that too. That's how some of the places I like to fish bite. <clears throat> um, another question I have for you is grunion run. Do you like to fish it night of day after? Grunion run. Grunion run is one of the best kept secrets in SoCal. <laughs> uh, up until about six, seven years ago, nobody would want to talk about the grunion run because uh, you can really experience some magical days during the grunion runs. During, after, before, all to all times. I've had in incredible experiences before the run. I've had really nice experiences right during the run and after the run. My favorite, if I had to choose, would be after the run. To really? Fish right after the run, yeah. So the day after? Yeah. I, I don't like fishing when there's a really big pile of bait in my area. <laughs> and people, a lot of my friends, they're like, dude, this is the time, you know? It's yeah. freaking flooded. No, 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 no. <laughs> when there's a lot of bait, there's going to be a lot of predators. A lot of predators usually means a lot of smaller predators. Because mm -hmm. the big ones, we both know, they don't want to compete with one-pounders and, you know, have short halibut. Yeah. You know, they, want, they want their competition to be substantial, at least, so they get a chance to eat as well. Mm -hmm. Similar size. So uh, I like when that bait moves out. And, uh, stragglers. I, yeah. Those stragglers stay mm -hmm. around, and uh, that's when the big fish really start feeding. It's easy pickings, you know. They'll just, they're at all our predators that we fish for from the surf, they're all ambush predators. Yeah. We don't have any crazy pelagic, fast-moving predators. So what you're doing is you're trying to find a place where you would sit pretty much and wait for somebody to pass by with a 
tray of in and out in front of you. <laughs> That's like the best example I could give pretty much. You're just trying R, to... R an 18 pack of Bud Light or... Or, or it depends. <laughs> Whatever tickles your pickle. Jack you know Daniels. what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's another good question that me, Paul kind of gave me and I'm like, yeah, it's a good question. I remember uh, uh, John Kim yeah. painting those grunion fucking lures and then people yep. killing it on the Lucky Crafts. Um. But man, let's talk about your local tackle shop you like to go to. Uh, I I rarely go to tackle shops, uh, just for the fact that uh, I'm kind of a, I'd say like a bad decision maker <laughs> regarding buying tackle. Uh, so what I do is I'll have my days when I usually it's when I receive my paycheck or like a bonus or something, <laughs> and I just go on sites and I buy like. Tackle warehouse. Shit ton of stuff. And then it arrives and I'm like, dude, I just spent like two grand on tackle. I don't need this line. I don't need this reel. I don't need... That's that's how it is for me. So yeah. if you see my garage, you'll be like, dude, you're a madman. Uh, my whole garage is all lures and rods and reels everywhere. And I don't even use... Let's say I don't even use 30% of the stuff I have. So I don't go to tackle shops just for that reason. You got a lot of shit. Jig heads. I got like 200 of each size, you know, and trays and... Plus, I, I'm I'm kind of blessed, you know. I'm with a band of anglers, and uh, Patrick really supports and helps me with every possible thing he can. He's jig heads, lures, everything you can imagine. He always sends me, you know. And uh, I really don't see a need for anything. I I really don't. Yeah, and no, we want to say thank you too for uh, you guys are going to get some stuff. You'll probably hear this already. Uh, they donated some really fucking awesome lures that probably no one has. <laughs> so this is going to be something that people are going to want to fucking jump on for sure. Um, and uh, thanks for coming out, dude. Anytime. This has been a real fun dork one for me. Sorry if I've talked too much. But uh, <laughs> thanks for this having is, me. This brother. is one where I'm like fucking dorking out because of surf fishing, and I love it. <laughs> but uh, where can they check you out at? Uh, my Instagram is Edgar Poe Nine. Uh, Facebook. Edgar Poe, you can find me again. Uh, those are my two main platforms for sharing my fishing pictures and all my fishing experiences and endeavors, pretty much. What about sponsors? Let's pump those. Uh, my sponsors, uh, a band of anglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all our product on our site, www.abandofanglers.com. We have a Facebook and an Instagram. It's uh, a band of anglers. On Facebook, you can find us as Patrick Sabils, a band of anglers. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it. We, whatever you see on our website is kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Just, <laughs> just wait. I'm not. It's coming. I'm not even, it's coming, guys. The things we have to unleash to the market that are already ready. Uh, is just going to blow your minds away. Uh, just next level stuff. Stuff that, uh, it's like alien lures. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up. But seriously, thanks for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me, Nick. Yeah, check out Band of Anglers. They're going to sponsor part of the uh, 50th, so you guys will probably be able to grab some stuff. And everyone knows about the dart spin, so <laughs> go get it. Dart spin for the win. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>